Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ganska snabbt som förälder, efter ungefär 3 miljoner tvättar, inser man hur viktigt det är att välja kläder av hög kvalitet. Som kan ärvas av syskon eller köpa second hand och ändå kännas som nya. På polanopyret.se hittar du kläder som tål att slitas och älskas i design som håller. Läs mer och få 20% rabatt som ny medlem på polanopyret.se. Idag sponsras vi av att slippa stå i kö. Tänk så härligt att slippa stå i kö för att hämta ut det där receptet. Köpa nässpray eller tandborstar till hela familjen. Jag älskar att slippa stå i kö. På appoem.se kan du klicka hem nyttiga mellanmål till barnen samtidigt som du hämtar ut ett recept. Och sen kommer du hem till dörren eller närmaste instabox. Hur smidigt! Om du handlar för över 250 kronor får du 15% rabatt med koden RULLAVAGN. Gäller på allt hela 2021 utom receptbelagda läkemedel, modersmjölksersättning eller redan nedsatta varor. Läs mer på appohem.se Känslig. Ja, det är huden på din nyfödda bebis. Då är det klart att du gärna väljer blöjor som är fria från lotion och parfym. Alla blöjor från minstingen är sådana. Dessutom har blöjorna för nyfödda en våt indikator som visar dig när det är dags att byta. Superbra ju! Upptäck minstingens värld på minstingen.se och testa blöjorna när du handlar på hemköp, villis, mat.se, tempo och app och hem. Nej men hej, vad kul att både du och jag är tillbaka efter en skön sommar. Idag ska vi göra en kanonkula rakt ner i den djupa delen av polen och prata om varför din bebis vaknar på natten. Och såklart vad du kan göra åt det. Så himla härligt att podden är back in business efter ett långt sommarlov. Jag som pratar heter Evelina Åkerberg och är mamma till Elis och Ilse som nu är tre och sex år. Jag har också två extra bebisar i form av Rullavagn som ju är Sveriges största mötesplats för föräldrar och sumnappen Babynaps som ger dig ett sumnschema för din bebis dag för dag och all den kunskap du behöver för att sova bättre. Och idag så ska vi prata om just det här Allas vår dyrbara nattsumn som inte allt för sällan blir rätt så upphackad under de första åren med barn. 
Och för att få lite ordning och reda i stöket så har vi sömncoachen och författaren till boken Happy Sleeping Baby här. Hej Courtney Landin! Hej, thanks for having me again. Ja, superkul att du är här. Hur mår du idag? Definitely. I feel great. How are you? Jag mår jättebra också. Good. Nice. <laughs> Väldigt peppad på det här. För just det här mm. med att vakna på natten och att bebisen är vaken en stund är ju någonting som kan vara oerhört frustrerande som förälder. Mm, är det ett vanligt definitely. problem skulle du säga av alla föräldrar som du möter? Yes. Ja. And yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okej, okay, så man behöver inte känna sig ensam där ute om man känner igen no, sig i det här. Nej. Definitely not. Ska vi börja i den änden, vad som är normalt för bebisar under året, tänker jag nu. Är det normalt att de vaknar på natten så att man liksom sätter sina förväntningar i perspektiv? Yeah, so, you know, this is, a, this is an interesting one because like culture-wise, coming from the US, you know, like we're told babies should sleep all through the night and that's what's normal. And then coming to Sweden, you know, you hear, oh, babies, you know, wake up and that's that's normal. So when I first came here, I was like, okay, what's normal then? Precis. And luckily through my like education and working with lots and lots of families, it's normal for babies to wake up for the first year, even past that. Mm. So it's normal. What's not normal is having to help them to fall asleep every single time. So I guess we should we could maybe talk a little bit about that. So it's normal for them to wake up. It's normal for adults to wake up, but it's what you have to do when they wake up. Hmm. Ja, det ska bli spännande det här. Jag tänker lite så här, idag så tänkte jag att vi ska prata om de lite större bebisarna, typ från så här 4-5 månader och uppåt. Mm-hmm. Um, för det är ju väldigt annorlunda de första tre månaderna. Yes, um, yeah. Ja. The first four months are really, you know, like of course they're going to wake up, of course you're going to need to help them, of course you're going to hold them, of course you're going to feed them to sleep, you know, things like that. And then around the four month mark, then there's something that happens within their body so that their their sleep is changing, uh, their brain is changing, their body is changing. So pretty much like you can't count anything yet before four months. So this own like this advice today only applies to five months and up. Mm. Jättebra. Det känns viktigt. Jag tänker också att vi lite innan vi börjar här, det här blir lite som en sån här vad heter det disclaimer, men jag tänker också att ja. vi ska påminna lite om att det är så mm-hmm. himla viktigt att utgå från sin egen bebis så att man inte blir varken stressad eller något annat när man lyssnar yeah. på det här. Kan exactly. inte du förklara lite hur, alltså just hur olika det kan vara och hur mycket som faktiskt påverkar sömnen samtidigt som vi har liksom noll kontroll över som föräldrar? Yeah, gosh, uh, you're opening a can of worms. So <laughs> how much time do we have? No, I mean, quickly, it's every, every child is going to be different with how they sleep. Um, there are going to be tendencies for some babies to sleep more and there's tendencies for some babies to sleep less. So um, I, it's going to be really important for parents to understand their child and understand what's more normal for for that child. So, I mean, I could go really deep into here, but I will wait uh, because I know we have a lot of questions to answer. And I think each question that we have will answer it a little bit more. Ja, men det är bra. Jag tänker också okay. just på allt det här kring utvecklingssprång och tänder right. och yeah. all, allt sånt där. Eller en förkylning, allt som påverkar sömnen. Exactly, yeah. 
how we help fall asleep, how we um, how we nap during the day. I mean, everything matters. Ja, bra. Nu har vi disclaimat klart, <laughs> tänker jag. <laughs> Varför är det så att bebisar helt enkelt vaknar till under natten? Vad är förklaringen? Well, it really depends. Um, babies can wake up because they fell asleep in a different way. So that's actually the most common thing that parents come to me for is that their baby keeps waking up. And generally when their baby wakes up every either 60, I'm sorry, 30, 60 or 90 minutes, then it generally has something to do with how they fall asleep because they're getting... Sore. Um, so when, when we fall, like think, okay, think about like ourselves when we fall asleep, right? If we fall asleep and we have our pillow, our blanket, we're in a comfortable position, we fall asleep. Say you wake up and your blanket's off the bed, your pillow's off the bed and you're like sideways and you're like, this isn't right. You know, like we wake up all throughout the night because we have different sleep stages. So when we wake up in that lighter stage of sleep and our bodies kind of just kind of you know, check in and we're like, okay, how is everything? Most of the time we fall right back to sleep. If our pillow's in place, our blanket's there, or we move around a little bit and we fall right back to sleep. We don't even notice it or anything. But if we wake up, like I said, your pillow's off, your blanket's gone, you're sideways, you know, you wake up and you're like, what the heck happened? And then you have to kind of go back to how you fell asleep. You know, you put your pillow back the same way, you put your blanket on and you fall asleep. Babies are the same. So however they fall asleep, gen- like generally, okay, just, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. Not every baby, some babies can be fed to sleep, rocked to sleep, and then they sleep through the night. So let me just like put that out there. That can happen. But most of the time who's listening to this, is that's not what's happening, right? <laughs> so, so generally, like if a baby wakes up and let's say they were being rocked to sleep, which is fine, um, but they're going to wake up and they're going to want the same thing to help fall back to sleep. So that's the most common reason why babies wake up. Of course, there's other reasons. There's developmental reasons. Teething is on the fence. Some people say yes, some people say no. I say maybe, you know, like it could cause a problem, but generally it's only like maybe a day or two that it might affect them. It shouldn't be weeks on end. Um, So that those are those are some of the reasons why babies wake up. But the main one is however they fall fell asleep is generally the way they are going to need to fall asleep again in the middle of the night. Alltså du pratade där i början om liksom tidsintervallet. Är det utifrån då att de har gått igenom en sömncykel eller två och sen så vaknar till? Exactly. Ja. So we go through different stages of sleep. So we have light sleep We have a little bit deeper light sleep. So these are the stages that we're really easily woken in. Then we go into deep sleep. So it's more of like when our bodies um, really relax, like our muscles turn off, our uh, heart rate slows down, our blood pressure drops. I mean, like that's the stage of sleep that you just most likely won't be woken up in, you know? Um, then we go into a dreaming stage of sleep. So dreaming is when our heart rate goes back up a bit. Um, we're a little bit more active sleep. So we might move around, we might make noises, things like that. And then we go back up into light stage of sleep. So all of those stages tend to happen depending on the child uh, around 30 to 90 minutes. And that's one sleep cycle. Kan du berätta lite då? Hur ska man då ta sig från 
det här att de vaknar till att de inte gör det. Vad är liksom de grundläggande principerna? Well, I mean, the ground is is that one I wouldn't change right away. The like the first things that I would work on would not just be the nighttime sleep. Like that's actually kind of the the second stage of making changes for sleep. So when I help parents, like you have to set the ground for sleep. So sleep success is what I call it. Um, And that includes room environment, making sure that it's dark, cool, uh, calm, white noise, things like that. Um, I want to make sure that the nap times are timed okay during the day so that the child isn't going way over their awake time window and having way too much stress hormone, adrenaline in their bodies because then they don't sleep very well. Um, So kind of like laying that ground, um, having a good bedtime routine, learning um, more and more how to fall asleep on their own because that is the main thing that that is uh, going to cause wake-ups at night. So falling asleep alone. Now that doesn't mean, I think people, when they hear that, they're like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Oh my gosh, that's sleep training. And I really want to challenge that thinking because it's it's not. I mean, like when we help our child learn how to sleep, that it doesn't matter how you're doing it. It's going to be quote unquote sleep training because they're learning a skill. Um, so if you're feeding your child to sleep, you're teaching them that's how they fall asleep. So I'm more about setting up healthier habits. Like, you know, again, totally fine if you're feeding your child to sleep. I did. I, I totally was that parent. And my daughter even woke up around like, I think up to 18 months and I still gave her one feeding a night because I was okay with that, you know? Um, so it, it really depends on the family. So don't get me wrong here. It doesn't mean just putting your child down and letting them figure out sleep. So going back to learning how to fall asleep at night, um, basically like, for example, if you're feeding your child to sleep, then one of the main things I would do first would be to change the order of the bedtime routine or even nap time routine. So they're feeding on the couch, for example, you know, where it's bright and, you know, you're not getting your child sleepy and drowsy. So we kind of work away from that association of feeding to fall asleep. So feeding on the couch and then you go in the room, then you, you know, close the curtains, maybe you're singing a song while holding and cuddling, maybe you're just rocking, you know, to kind of help move away from feeding that you're moving into more like rocking to help fall asleep. And then eventually then putting your child down. So it, it is a process. It does take work. Like I, I don't want parents to think that like it's, it sounds so easy, I know, and it, mm. but it takes a lot of work. But at the same time, like soda's waking up at night multiple times a night, right? So I guess you just have to choose which option of work that you want to go through. Precis. Jag tänker också att just det här som du poängterar att ta i små steg är så mm. himla viktigt. För ofta så tror jag och föräldrar som jag pratar med är ju så här nej, det kommer aldrig att gå. Så här, hon, mm. Den här bebisen kan bara somna när jag ammar eller ger flaska. För mm. att man liksom ser just det här slutmålet liksom att bebisen ska somna i sängen från att jag sitter och ammar känns så mm. enormt långt. Men om man istället, som du säger, delar upp det i så här- idag sitter jag i soffan och sen så, alltså så här, och verkligen bryter ner i små, små steg- som man känner att man kan klara av- istället för att ta de här jättehoppen. Yeah. Då känns ju risken som att bebisen bara blir ledsen- och man ger upp liksom. 
Right. And that's, I think, where sleep training gets a really bad reputation is because most of the time when people start sleep training, mm. they're changing everything, boom, right this away. Is. And that's the that's the tough part. Mm. And I don't usually recommend that uh, because it is so hard. Like, mm. I, I, you know, I went down that path before I, I found better ways. Um, it was way too hard and it's not fun. And then when you're sleep deprived, then you're like, I can't do that. That's horrible. You know, it's like exhausting and... And like I said, I'm not saying that some of these changes don't take work. They still take work. You still have to be very consistent with them. And then you have to continue making progress. So I really want to make that as like a a really important part, especially at this age. So around that like five to one year mark, like you have to be really consistent and you have to keep making changes. So say, for example, you go from feeding and then now you're rocking your child to sleep, right? Right. Well, you don't want to do that for too long because then they just learn that, okay, now this is how I fall asleep. So you have to keep making changes. Um, And no matter what, you know, like you just have to be ready to that if something changes, your baby might be a little upset about it or, or like a little fussy, like, hey, this isn't how I go to sleep, you know, but that's okay. You know, as, as a parent, just keep going, be calm. You know, as long as you're calm about it, they'll generally catch on in a couple days and they're like, okay, I guess this is the way it is. Mm. <laughs> and then they'll follow suit. Ja. Mm. Jag ska poängtera det också, att på, liksom, på rullavagn så är vi inte för den här typen av metoder där bebisar ska somna, ledsna eller ensamma i ett rum. Och jag vet att du tänker likadant. Yeah. För att det är yeah. ju ofta kanske det som man förknippa väldigt mycket med att bebis ska, ska liksom somna på egen hand. Att de ska somna mm. själva. Och yeah. det är ju mm. verkligen upp till varje familj. Alltså för mig så har det varit liksom att just att minska på hjälpen. Så att våra barn, alltså de har somnat bredvid oss. Ända så nu, ja, vår treåring somnar fortfarande. Att jag somnar, alltså jag somnar i och för sig också ofta. Men hon somnar bredvid någon av oss föräldrar på kvällen. Mm-hmm. Men det behöver ju inte vara rätt för alla. No, exactly. Så det gäller But ju att hitta s- liksom det som man själv känner är liksom rätt yeah. väg. Exactly. And that's actually why I outlined three different ways in my book is because like there isn't one way that works for everyone. Um, but I, I do want to say that like, yes, every parent has to choose their own way. Um, But at this age too, like if you do change something, just know that like there might be a little crying, you know, like no matter what, even if you're still holding your child, they're not used to falling asleep being held or rocked. They're used to falling asleep feeding. Mm. Um, And the same thing, like when you go and make then the change to the crib, like in the beginning, like there might be a little bit of fussing and everything, but no, I am, I am definitely against like even the five minute method that's taught here. Like that's a, that's a cry it out mm. method um, where you're you're leaving your child for five minutes and then, you know, they're crying and then you go back in. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of that. Um, I do think there's better ways, but not saying that like when you make those changes, you know, it's, it's going to be like all unicorns and rainbows. I think that's Nej. where it gets tricky. Ja, och well, det är and ju but, en, liksom en väldigt skillnad tycker jag på att mm. liksom det har, har ju våra barn väldigt mycket också. Alltså man märker att de inte är supernöjda med mm. en förändring. Men att då så här verkligen vara nära och kunna lugna mm. dem är ju en väldigt skillnad tycker jag personligen yeah. mot att lämna ett barn ensamt och yeah. 100%. låta dem and even, even like, I mean, And there has been lots of research for cried out. Like there's, and even, let me just even say this, that 
Ferber, like Dr. Ferber, who created the cried out method, he has actually updated and changed his book Mm -hmm. to be a little more uh, like adjusting, uh, a little bit more check-ins, things like that. Because I think people think that cried out is literally you close the door and then you don't respond to them, which I've seen that on a TV show. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is horrible. Like, how can they even do that? That's horrible because that's not the case. So it's really misunderstood. um, And and sleep training has gotten such a bad reputation because of that. And it just just isn't the case. But then again, on the other spectrum, like I know that there's another method called the no cry method, which you know, that's what I looked into too in the beginning. Um, but it, it didn't work uh, for us because my my daughter's very spirited. So she is very vocal about everything. Um, so I just want people to understand that like just because there's a method that says no cry doesn't, me- doesn't mean that there's no crying. And she even that's explains that in her book that, that yeah, but I think that's the thing is like people want changes and there's going to be zero crying. Because that's what was my expectation. <laughs> so, I'm a you know, it's a, it's a very good marketing tactic. Yeah. But um, but just so they know, like your baby, you will have to be consistent and calm and patient and know that they they might put up a little bit of a fuss, like when things change. Um, but adults, we're the same way. Like, think mm. about it. Like, we're no different. If something changes that we don't like, like I complain about it too. Ja <laughs> men jag tror också om man så här, det är ju verkligen sant och delar man upp mm. det i ganska små steg så blir ju yeah. inte förändringen för bebisen så stor. Och då jag tror det är just de här när man gör väldigt dramatiska förändringar mm. då är det klart att det också får en väldigt dramatisk yeah, exactly, yeah. kanske yeah. från bebisen. Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Och där tar vi en kort, kort reklampaus och pratar amning med Multimam. Som har både en balm för umma bröstvårtor och kompressor om du skulle få sår. Här med mig har jag barnmorskan och profilaxproffset Karina Rillander. Som du kanske har hört i podden Babys podcast. Vad säger du Karina om man är gravid och lyssnar nu? Vad skulle du vilja skicka med för tips precis i starten på amningen? Jo men så här är det ju att eh, amma är för många men inte för alla. Och vi tänker att det finns ju många tips och knep och, och så vidare. För att undvika att man får ont och smärta och kanske sår vid amning. 
Jag skulle vilja skicka med en rekommendation att man startar redan under graviditeten. Att liksom läsa på, skaffa sig kunskap om vad det är amning, hur kan jag amma. Det finns ju väldigt många sätt. Och kanske också fundera på, vill jag helamma, vill jag delamma? Eller vill jag, som man kallar många gånger, mysamma? Så att man gör jätteklokt i det att fundera. Sen handlar det ju jättemycket om amningsteknik. Precis, för jag tänkte vi ska komma in lite på det. Vad har du för tips kring det just när det liksom inte blir riktigt så där mysigt som man tänkte sig? Ja, för det första så är ju amningstekniken det handlar om. Och se till att man innan man går in i amningen kanske har en avspänd, avslappnad kropp. Att man kanske har duschat mm. eller fått massage eller gett sig själv massage eller masserat brösten. Eh, och, och satt sig själv i den där miljön som är mer avkopplande. Avslappningen ska då bidra till att produktionen kommer igång snabbare. Om vi ska undvika att det gör för ont så ska vi ha barnet extremt nära oss, ibland väldigt mycket närmare oss än vad vi tror. Barn har ju tendens att ligga en bit ifrån mamma har jag en känsla när jag jobbar på BB. Så väldigt nära, väldigt rakt på eller att barnet tar ett tag nerifrån och upp men att det ligger rakt i förhållande till vårtan. Och sen att man tar som bebis se till att det har ett stort tag. Att det gapar upp ordentligt. Att hakan på barnet den går nästan lite in i mammas bröst. Och nacken lite utåt. Så att barnet kommer nära bröstet och på så sätt får tag med ett då större tag. Och lika så att man kan ta vartannat bröst, varannan andning. Orsaker till att man kan få smärta eller sår på sina bröstvårtor. Det kan vara indragna vårtor, det kan vara kort tungband, det kan vara felaktig användning av amningshjälpmedel till exempel. Eller att man kan ha fått en infektion. Så det här att man tar ett nytt tag när det gör ont är viktigt. Att man varierar ställningar. Att man kanske pumpar ur lite innan ifall bröstet är väldigt spänt och hårt. Det kan ju göra att barnet har väldigt svårt att få tag och suger med ett nättare tag. Alltså om det går så långt att man får riktiga sår, jag vet att jag gjorde det och då är det ju... Det är svårt att vara så där avslappnad och eh, jättehärlig när man ska amma. Vad, hur, vad gör man då? Hur kommer man ur det där? Ja, först och främst så, så tänker jag att eh, mellan amningarna så har man luftiga kläder. Alltså någonting som inte sitter åt. När du ska börja amma så är det viktigt att du eh, har en hygien alltså med rena händer och rena bröstvårtor. Du kan smörja in bröstvårtorna med bröstmjölk som är väldigt läkande och väldigt bra. Eh, och att du börjar amma på det bröstet som gör minst ont. För barnet suger nämligen kraftigast i början av amningen. Sen kan du också ta läkemedel, smärtlindrande läkemedel som alvedon eller ipren. 
Är det så att du har fått sår som inte läker sig så ibland så kan man behöva uppsöka vården och till och med behöva antibiotika i vissa fall. Hjälpmedel som man kan ta utöver det är ju också man kan använda sig av amningsnapp. Och jag brukar rekommendera många av mammorna att använda sig av multimamsprodukter som både har en, en balm, alltså en liten kräm, en gel men också kompresser som är väldigt bra. Det skyddar mot torra, torra vårtor men också eh, såriga röstvårtor. Så det är väldigt läkande. Stort tack Karina för alla kloka tips. Och på rullavagn.nu hittar du både en guide för hur bebisen får rätt grepp och en helt gratis amningskurs. Du får ett mejl om dagen i tio dagar med det mesta du behöver veta om första tidens amning. Och du, ett bra tips på inköpslistan inför bebis är just Multimams balm. Det är en kräm som smörjer dina bröstvårtor och hjälper till att ersätta det här naturligt skyddande hudfettet. Jag skulle också lagt Multimams kompresser på inköpslistan. Om du skulle få sår så hjälper de den naturliga läkningen på traven. Du hittar Multimams kompresser och Multimams balm på ditt närmsta apotek, både online och i affär. Jag, jag tänker att många föräldrar själva blir stressade och man upplever ju att bebisen också är extremt stressad när de skriker. Så det blir ju jättejobbigt när man, är, när man står där med en skrikande bebis på kvällen. Vad, vad är liksom dina tankar på det där med stress och bebisar och skrik? Mm. So there's different levels of stress. I think like right now as a culture we're kind of like scared about the word stress because we are overstressed 100% like I, I think so. But there's different levels that our bodies uh, can tolerate stress. So something actually really interesting is that when um when we're born that is the most stressful event in our entire life. Isn't that mm-hmm. crazy to think that? Like we've already been Oj, through. Har redan överlevt yeah, det, ja. we've already been through it, even though it feels like you know <laughs> we haven't. But but it, the reason is is because like our bodies aren't really you know able to handle that amount of stress right away. You know that's a huge change from 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 being born. So anyways, like that was just an interesting fact. But um, there's different levels of stress. So I, I think when parents like think stress they are thinking oh my gosh when my baby's crying they're in this like horrible level of toxic stress right um because i remember thinking that myself i was like oh my gosh my baby can never cry even though she cried constantly um <laughs> so different levels of stress there are three different levels and this is this is research coming from harvard university center on the developing child so this is this is what they do um So first level of stress is called positive stress. So this is like everyday normal stress, actually. So, you know, running to catch the bus for an adult. Um, A little baby learning a small skill, you know, like learning how to push themselves up, crawl. Like they get frustrated and that's fine. You know, they have to learn like, okay, I can do this. I have to try a little bit more. So that's actually a positive stress. We want to learn how to deal with those stresses. Um, The other thing is, or the next level is tolerable stress. So that's a little bit deeper, uh, but not too much deeper. You know, like that's any type of big change. Let's say 
um, you move to a different house. You know, even for a, like for us, that's a tolerable stress, uh, but we can mm. handle it, right? It's short term. It's not going to be forever. Uh, babies are the same, you know, whenever something changes. So like, say for example, uh, and Harvard even doesn't agree with like that it's tolerable stress. Actually, they actually think that changing routines is a positive stress. Uh, but uh, I kind of explain it as when you change like a big thing, like let's like, say feeding to sleep versus then moving to holding to sleep. It's a little bit of a stress for your child, but it's a tolerable positive stress. They'll learn how to deal with it and you're helping them deal with it. I think that's the biggest thing is that stress gets reduced when we as parents help manage that change. Um, the next level of stress is toxic stress. And that is when there's ongoing neglect. That's when there's, um, you know, the, the parent never responds to the baby's cry, doesn't play with the child, doesn't, you know really take care of them. Um, and that's toxic stress. So, you know, that is a much rarer situation um, for toxic stress. And when people hear about babies learning how to self-soothe by crying it out, and then they kind of lose, you know, their ability to, to, to cry anymore, that actually comes from a study that was, well, not a study, it was a, unfortunately a real life example of orphans mm -hmm. in Romania. And what happened was this, the government wanted a lot more children. And so they encouraged people to have babies. And then the people couldn't afford to take care of the babies. And they went into orphanages. And some researchers decided, wow, this is, an, this is a, 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 like a situation we can study children. And so the babies, they stayed in their cribs 24 hours a day, like rarely got picked up. They got picked up maybe to get changed mm -hmm. to diaper. It's a horrible situation. So oh. that's where when people hear like babies will just kind of lose their ability to reach out and cry anymore. That's what we're talking about. That's toxic stress. That's mm. ongoing. That's for months on end. Like, like that's bad. So that's the stress we want to avoid. But positive stress, tolerable stress, especially with parental help is okay. Vi har konstaterat att man ska försöka då liksom att bebisen Somn, somnar helt enkelt som man vill att de ska somna om mm -hmm. på natten. Men när bebisen vaknar på natten, vad gör man då? Mm -hmm. Okej, okay. well, again, this kind <laughs> of, this, it's a long, I will try to be as, as short as I can, but giving a lot of information. So it, again, it comes back down to how your child fell asleep at night. So in the beginning, um, let's, okay, Let's just say that you're rocking your child to sleep, okay? Um, so in the beginning, you know, they're going to wake up and they're going to want to be rocked again. Um, so most of the time, that's what you're going to have to be doing. Um, so to work away from that, uh, what I would suggest is like you're rocking for a few minutes and then you're mainly just holding still. Or maybe you start patting the back or singing the same song, you know, so that they know that that song means sleep. So once they get more comfortable with being able to be padded and hearing that song, then you're going to be putting them down like before they get too sleepy, because that's another thing too, is before they get too sleepy, you want to be putting them down. Uh, if they are more in that light stage of sleep, like you think, oh, here they're, they're going to sleep. You put them down and boom, they wake right back up. 
that's going to be tricky because they've had a little bit of a rest and now all of a sudden they're like mm. wide awake again. So just know that like you can't do it too long, but you also can't put them down when they're fully asleep, like in that deep stage of sleep, because again, you're going to have the same problem. They're going to wake up in about 30 minutes or so and 60 and then need the same thing. So holding, patting, singing, putting down, then you do the same thing. Maybe you like boof their bum, you know, uh, sing the same song. So you have to like work on thinking, okay, what's the end goal? How do I want my baby to fall asleep? You know, I want them to fall asleep by being able to pat a little bit, sing a song. So that's what kind of like the, the way you work towards that holding, patting, singing, then putting down, patting and singing. Uh, in the middle of the night, I do recommend waiting a little bit. So, and not long, I mean, like maybe a couple minutes or something, uh, because generally babies who wake up in the middle of the night, they can actually cry a little bit and then fall right back to sleep again. Uh, there's actually videos like on, I don't know if it's on YouTube, maybe it was a course that I can't remember exactly. So there's videos like that, that show babies that wake up, they crawl around, even around the crib, they cry a little bit. Maybe they sit up. And then dink, they fall right back or fall. They lay right back down and then they fall back to sleep. So it's, it's really kind of cool because they're in that light stage of sleep. So they're not fully awake. So most the majority of the time when you go in, you actually wake your baby up even more. So that's why waiting is a little important. När man gör den här typen av förändringar, låt säga att man vaggar och sen så till att bebisen verkligen ska mer somna utan hjälp. Hur lång tid ska man förvänta sig att en sån förändring tar? Mm, so again, okay, so it depends on the age. So if you have like a six month old baby, um, I would say like if you're if you're very like consistent with the changes that you're making, you have you know that that ground of sleep set up with the room environment and nap times and things like that. I would say it takes about two to three weeks. Mm to make changes. And again, it depends on which changes you're making. It depends on um, how long you're kind of taking for each change and things like that. But generally, I would say about two to three weeks. But, and I hate to throw this in there, <laughs> um, you know, things are going to change along that time, mm. especially at six months. So like the closer you get to one year, obviously you're going to have a little uh, more consistency, like with days and nap times and things like that. So, and I, I think that's one of the biggest frustrations is that like, once you figure something out, it's like, mm. oh, it changes again. <laughs> like, there's another developmental phase or there's teething or there's sickness or something. So I think it gets really tricky. Um, so if stuff like that happens, I mean, sometimes it's just about surviving and Don't feel guilty if you're like you're having to help your child fall asleep more than you would like to. It doesn't, you know, it's it's not such a big deal. I mean, no. I'm actually more concerned about the parent, you know, like poor parent mm. oh, <laughs> having to wake yeah. up because it's it's exhausting. Yeah, det är det <laughs> the child will be fine. Yeah. Jag har liksom alltid tänkt på mina barn att jag ska ge absolut så lite hjälp som jag måste. Och det kan ju verkligen variera i den där åldern för de har ju mm. känsligare kvällar eller det kanske har hänt någonting under dagen eller de har sovit jättedåligt under dagen vilket gör mm. att de är liksom gnälligare på kvällen och sådär. Så det tycker jag har liksom hjälpt att hela tiden påminna mig om så här måste jag verkligen göra det här annars så slutar mm. jag. Ja, yeah, exactly. Ja. <laughs> And I, you know it's funny that like 
and I, I want to share this because people probably think like, oh no, you have everything set up and everything's good to go in your house. And like, it is for the most part. And my daughter's been a pretty good sleeper, but she's also a very, she has a trouble falling asleep. Like she's seven now. And let's see, I was laying with her because it's cozy. I love oh, laying with her to go to bed. I, I love it. Of course, I'm tired too at the other day. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to lay down. <laughs> and then we read a book, right? But then she has the hardest time falling asleep. So, you know, because every time that I, I lay there for a couple minutes, uh, maybe longer than I should, you know, because I'm, like I said, a little tired at the end of the day. And uh, once I get up though, then she's like wide awake again. And so we actually had to stop. This was like two months ago. So, you know, not not that long ago. So I had to stop laying in bed. And of course she put a little fight up about that because it's cozy, but otherwise she stayed up for like another 30 minutes. Mm. So sometimes you have to decide like, okay, I love laying down with her and I love being cozy, but it's not good for her, you know? So sometimes like you have to decide as a parent, like, okay, what's actually best in this situation? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think people think, oh, everything's so easy. You, you know exactly what to do. And I do know what to do. Some, it just sometimes doesn't work all the time. Vad härligt att höra ändå. Vill du ge någon, var är ditt avslutande råd? Eller har du något avslutande råd om det här med uppvak på natten? Okay, so it is normal. Like, I, I want people to totally understand that it's normal. I know that the doctors say that babies can sleep all through the night, like starting six months. They can, and there's babies that have, sure. But do all? No, definitely not. So I think if it comes down to what your baby needs, how often they wake up at night, you know, um, before you start worrying about nighttime wakings. If you have to wake up, every hour and a half to help your child fall back to sleep, start putting in the ground of sleep, seeing if their room set up for sleep, if their nap times are, you know, timed correctly for the day. And more importantly, bedtime routine. How is your child falling asleep at night? So setting up that ground. Um, but yeah, it's totally normal for babies to wake up. Um, and if they need something here and there, you know, that's parenthood. <laughs> And it's welcome okay. Welcome to parenthood. Yeah, welcome to parenthood. <laughs> ja, tack Courtney. Och din bok heter ju Happy Sleeping Baby. Om man vill ha mer konkreta tips. Om man vill typ följa dig på Instagram. Vad söker man på då? Uh, people can follow me at Happy Sleeping Baby. Bra. Superkul att du lyssnade på det här avsnittet. Och hör gärna av dig till oss och berätta mer om vad du vill höra om i höst. Du når oss på sociala medier eller på poddetrullavang.nu. Nästa vecka är vi tillbaka med frågor från våra Instagram-följare till BVC-sköterskan Lisa Westberg om allt som rör de allra minsta. Lyssna gärna då! the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 